Good evening. Welcome to tonight's live and interactive telephone town hall. Tonight, I'm joined by the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel, including panel chair Jim Dinning, panel members Mary Ritchie and Moyen Yaya. Before we hear from our speakers, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, residents from across Southern Alberta are connecting to the call, and soon you will have a chance to join the conversation. You can get in line to join the conversation right now or at any time by pressing star three on your phone. You'll be connected to an operator who will ask for your name and your community. And if you don't feel comfortable sharing your comments live, you can ask the operator that you would like to have the moderator read your comments. We hope to use this time to have a two-way conversation about the Alberta Pension Plan. The panel wants to hear your ideas and your suggestions, as well as hear any questions you may have. I would now like to take the opportunity to welcome Jim Dinning, Chair of the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel, to share a few opening remarks. Jim, go ahead, your line is now open. Thank you, Sarah, and good evening to all of you, and thanks for joining in on our second town hall meeting. As Sarah said, my name is Jim Dinning. For 20 years, I served in the Alberta government as a public servant, then as a member of the Alberta Legislative Assembly and a cabinet minister until 1997. Today, I am in business and serve on corporate and not-for-profit boards of directors. We're joined together, as uh, Sarah said, with my fellow panelists, both of whom are from Edmonton. Mary Ritchie is a respected chartered accountant and a corporate director. And interestingly enough, Mary was Alberta's first nominee to serve on the board of directors of the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. And Moin Yaya is a highly regarded law professor at the University of Alberta. And Moin served on the government's Fair Deal panel earlier in the decade. And it was that Fair Deal panel which partly got us here. They recommended the government examine an Alberta pension plan. So the government did. They commissioned a study from an independent Toronto-based pension expert. They were called Morneau Chappelle at the time. They're now known as LifeWorks. And they asked them to crunch the numbers and see if an Alberta pension plan could work. LifeWorks came back with a substantial findings, which the government published for everyone to read, and you can see it at albertapensionplan.ca. At the same time, the government created our independent panel to listen to Albertans and report back on what you said to us, what your reactions are to the report and the concept of an Alberta pension plan. Now, I left politics a quarter of a century ago. And even when I was a politician, I actually cared more about public policy than about politics. And that's why I agreed to chair this panel. Because for something this big, it's important to have a rational adult conversation. These days, there aren't enough of those, so we wanted to make sure we had one here. For some people, the whole idea of an Alberta pension plan is a non-starter. No matter what, the answer is no. Full stop. We hear you. For some people, the answer is yes, no matter what. More Alberta, less Ottawa is what they sometimes say, and we get that too. But for most people, the answer is maybe, 
Maybe, but it, it just depends. And that's why we want to hear your comments tonight. What does it depend on? What concerns need to be addressed? What conditions need to be in place? We're, we're not here as advocates. We are here as listeners. Less to answer your questions, more to hear your comments, because in the end, you are the jury. Our job is to tell the government, here is what Albertans told us. These are their thoughts and concerns. And then it will be up to the government to decide how it will proceed. I'm going to turn it over to my fellow panelists now, firstly to Mary Ritchie. Mary? Moyne, it looks like Mary may be having trouble with her mute button, so why don't we turn it to Moyne first, and then we'll come back to Mary. Uh, okay. Uh, Moyne? Yeah. Well, uh, so as uh, Jim mentioned, my name is Moyne. I'm uh, a professor here uh, at the University of Alberta of Law, and it was my privilege uh, to be asked to serve on the Fair Deal panel which the Premier at the time had impaneled to canvas the views of Albertans on how best strengthen Alberta's position within Confederation. A separate uh, pension plan was something we heard some strong voices in favor of, but we did not have all the information uh, given uh, that we were canvassing uh, Albertans on a variety of issues. We didn't have enough information to give the government a clear answer one way or another. So we recommended to the government that to look into the question, do the math, do its homework, and then put the question uh, to the people of Alberta via referendum. That was the Fair Deal panel report. And so that's why we are here now. The government has done its study and has uh, created this panel to hear the views of Albertans and what they would like to see in an Alberta pension if that's the route or the way they want to go. And just before uh, I uh, let Mary in, I just want to note, you know, for uh, constitutionally speaking, pensions are a provincial matter. When the provinces had gotten together back in the 1960s with the federal government and agreed to create a pension plan, the Canada Pension Plan, there was always the understanding that the provinces could get out if they chose to do so. And so uh, all the provinces except Quebec decided to join back then, but other provinces, especially Ontario, said they want the right to leave if they choose to, and that right is in the Canada Pension Plan Act. So the act uh, talks about what uh, needs to be done if a province decides to get out and uh, legally requires such province that wishes to exit to provide the same level of benefits and uh, payouts as the Canada Pension Plan does. And it also provides a formula for how the assets will be divided once that province decides to exit. This means that it's not up to other provinces to stop Alberta if Alberta wishes to leave. But of course, there may be some political ramifications from this. The Canada Pension Plan uh, is run by a board, the CPPIB, and it's uh, sort of like a big giant hedge fund that takes all the contributions and invests it. And uh, the formula in 1997 was updated in the Canada Pension Plan Act to include those returns that the 
Investment Board Fund uh, has generated. So the legal path is clear. The formula seems reasonably clear. And this may end up before the courts. Uh, that may happen uh, before we get the exact number. But in terms of if you crunch the numbers according to the formula in the act, uh, we get the result that's in the LifeWorks report. We want to hear from you as to what parameters you think the panel uh, should work with when recommending that the government decides to go ahead or not go ahead. Ultimately, it's the government's call uh, whether there's going to be a referendum or not. Um, but uh, we, the panel members, are here to listen to your views on what you would like to see in or not. And uh, that's uh, I'm excited to have this conversation tonight. And I think Mary is now good, so I'll turn it over to Mary. Thank you, Moyen. Uh, sorry for the technical issues. Hello everyone, my name is Mary Ritchie. In terms of background, my formal training is as a chartered accountant. And over the years, I've provided advice to many public and private companies, particularly regarding financial oversight and auditing. I also had the privilege, as Jim mentioned, of serving on the first board of directors of the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board which was created in 1997 to manage the assets of the CPP. So I bring a unique perspective to this, having been and experienced how the funds are managed right from its beginning. I know from experience how crucial it is for people's pension assets to be managed well. So that's an area where we really hope to gain insight tonight. If Alberta left the CPP and started an Alberta plan, there would be a huge pension fund to manage. I know people have different views about the size of Alberta's share, but regardless of the exact number, it would be significant. So a big question is, how would Albertans want this managed? Also, what would the oversight look like? How do you balance independence with accountability? What kind of mandate would be best? The CPP Investment Board has a mandate to achieve a maximum rate of return without undue risk of loss. Quebec does something similar with their plan, but they also allow the pension fund to be used to stimulate economic development in Quebec. Is that a model to consider? We really look forward to your feedback on this as we will use it to develop our recommendations. And already, if you go to albertapensionplan.ca, we are developing a Q&A section with answers to some of the questions we've received so far, and we will be updating that as well. So thank you for tonight, and Jim, back to you. Over to you, Sarah. Thanks so much, Jim, and thanks to the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel for your opening remarks. And for those of you who may have just connected, welcome to tonight's telephone town hall about the Alberta Pension Plan. We're joined this evening by panel chair Jim Dinning and panel members Mary Ritchie and Moyen Yaha. If you would like to join the conversation right now or at any time during the town hall, you can do so by pressing star three on your phone. And for those of you listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal at, at, in front of you in the online. To start the conversation tonight, the panel would like to ask a quick poll question. 
Okay. For those joining by phone, I will now direct your attention to the keypad. After I have asked the question, you can choose the answer by selecting the corresponding number on your phone keypad. Please listen to all of the answers before you make your selection. And for those of you listening online, you will see the portal, the poll on the portal, and you can choose your answer directly right there. Our first question this evening is, what concerns you most about an Alberta pension plan? You can press one for how the asset fund will be managed. Two, whether my pension will be lower than the CPP. Three, whether my pension will follow me if I move in or out of Alberta. Four, I don't have enough information yet. So again, the question is, what concerns you most about an APP? You can press one for how the asset fund will be managed. Two, whether my pension will be lower than the CPP. Three, whether my pension will follow me in if I move in or out of Alberta. And four, that I don't have enough information yet. The results from these quick polls, this quick poll and all quick polls will be reflected in the panel's final report. Giving you just another moment to complete your polling on the first question before I prepare for the second. Thank you. Our second question this evening is, what interests you the most about an Alberta pension plan? Again, I draw your attention to your keypad where you can respond. What interests you most about an Alberta pension plan? One, the possibility of lower pension premiums for larger paychecks. Two, the possibility of higher pension premium payments, sorry, pension payments for seniors. Three, having our pension assets and options under Alberta's jurisdiction. Four, the possibility of spin-off jobs and a stronger financial sector in Alberta. I'll repeat those again one more time. The question is, what interests you most about an Alberta pension plan? One, the possibility of lower pension premiums for larger paychecks. Two, the possibility of higher pension payments for seniors. Three, having our pension assets and options under Alberta's jurisdiction. Four, the possibility of spin-off jobs and a stronger financial sector in Alberta. Thank you for participating in those quick polls this evening. And I would now like to get started with the first participant. We have a live caller from Lethbridge. This is Virginia listening live in Lethbridge. Virginia, go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi. Um, in 2019, the Alberta Treasury Board commissioned a report regarding the Alberta Pension Plan. In their report, they found that dollars owing to Alberta from CPP would be roughly $32.5 billion with $165 billion in liabilities. How do you square that LifeWorks now says that we are owed 10 times that value, which is 
of all the assets in the CPP. Thanks, Virginia. I'll ask Jim Dinning to please go ahead. Hi, Virginia, and, and thanks for the call and for the question. Uh, look, I'll admit I haven't seen that 2019 report, uh, so I'm relying on the most recent one done by a certified professional actuarial scientist. In this case, it uh, was Morno Chappelle, now known as LifeWorks. And if you look at pages 49 of the report, they went through the numbers line by line over 56 plus years. And it shows on those pages that in every year but eight years, the number to Alberta workers and employers was minus the amount that was drawn from the fund to pay benefits under the CPP, that that amount over that 56 years added up to $60 billion of over contributions by Alberta workers and employers. In other words, there was $60 billion more put in over those 56 years than was paid out. And then you combine that with, with, um, with compound interest and the number they concluded at 2021 was uh, a little over $275 billion. And these are actuaries. These are actuarial scientists who certify their work. And that's what, frankly, Virginia, what hooked me on thinking there is some, there's some there there. And it was something that Albertans should see and, uh, and have this kind of a debate. Does that, does that help, Virginia, with, with, to give you some of the answer you need? Uh, not really, because we are not looking at the Alberta Treasury report either. So I don't imagine that they got their numbers just pulling them out of the hat. I assume the Alberta Treasury Board would have looked at all of this also. To me, it doesn't make sense that yeah. when we have roughly 12% of the population that Alberta expects that we're going to get half of the Canada pension. I'm, I get you. It seems, I'll admit, it seems implausible. I'll grant you that. But the fact is that we have a, a younger population with higher than average earnings, with more people actually working, and less of us drawing benefits from that pool, from the CPP. And all of you add all that up over 56 plus years and what it spits out, the, the, the actuaries have crunched these numbers carefully and they've pro proposed, they've spelled it out. The, uh, they estimate by 2027 that it will be 334. I, I'm sorry you don't believe that number. There are others, there's one other, there's only one other that's done a study and that's Trevor Toom from the University of Calgary. And Trevor's come up with a number that's anywhere between 125 and $150 billion. But nobody else has come up with a recent number to tell us what the, that actual number is. So the government has gone with the professional actuaries that did this report. Thanks very much, Jim. We're going to keep the conversation going. I have another live listener. JP is listening from Brad Creek. JP, go ahead. Your line's open. 
Hi there. Um, I'm very concerned that the full process seems to be an outcome in search of uh, legitimization. Um, my key question is, um, uh, how close will the government be in deciding uh, what happens as far as investment goes? With the Canada Pension Plan, the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board uh, makes choices without political uh, interference. How involved will the political politicians be involved in making investment decisions? Uh, hi, Mary here. Uh, thank you for your question. You are correct that the um, uh, CPP Investment Board has been without interference from government. I will say, though, there has been suggestions that they will start investing in uh, more green investments. The uh, government has been suggesting that. It hasn't happened, but there's a suggestion it could happen. What would happen is you'd have to make sure it was independent, like the CPP, and uh, that those monies would be kept separate. Currently, uh, Alberta does manage pension portfolios, about $110 billion in public service pensions, and in those, there is no political interference. So, like you, that would be an essential thing for me as part of this, that uh, uh, it was managed in the best interest of the stakeholders, uh, those of us who have contributed to the pension plan. I hope that answers your question here. These things are going to have to be worked out. And again, keep looking at that Q&A section in the Alberta Pension Plan.ca section where we're going to try and flesh these out more. Thanks very much, Mary. Let's keep the conversation going. Our next um, question here comes through from an online listener. This is from Bev. And Bev says, will there definitely be a referendum? So perhaps I'll ask Jim for you to please go ahead. Well, Bev, uh, thanks for the question. What the Premier has said is that we're, we're to go out and do this listening exercise and come back with what we've heard and recommendations back to the government. And on the basis of that report, the government will decide if they're going to proceed, if they want to proceed, with a, uh, a, plan, a pension plan, then they would call the referendum. Uh, that, that is, she's, she's made that clear in the last week. And uh, the, 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 but the, the jury is still out and the people of Alberta are in fact the jury. What we hear back, will tell the government what we heard and then they will decide at that point if they want to proceed with, a, with it, that Albertans in the end will decide by way of referendum. Thanks, Jim. And for anyone who is just connecting tonight, if you would like to join the conversation, you can do so right now or at any time by pressing star three and you can, you'll be routed to an operator. For anyone who is listening live online, you can simply submit your comments, suggestions, or any other feedback in the online portal. The next individual is listening on the phone from Lethbridge. This is Patrick. Patrick, please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, yes. Well, I was just wondering about why change what is already working, and also why wouldn't we be concentrating on things that are already issues in Alberta? 
to just better the province, but also stay connected with Canada. Thanks, Patrick. Perhaps I'll ask Jim to start, and then if there's additional dialogue from the panel, I know that they will also contribute. I was going to say, what mind do you want to take that question? I think that's uh, up your alley. Uh, sure. Uh, that's the you know that's the feedback that uh, the first uh, panel, the Fair Deal panel, heard uh, from uh, Albertans about how to strengthen Alberta's position within Confederation. So there was a view amongst uh, many Albertans that um, we were not getting our fair deal from Confederation. We weren't getting our fair share of. Uh, in terms of what's taken out of the province in terms of taxation and then what's going back in terms of uh, economic benefits. Uh, there was a perception that there's a uh, perhaps a hostile central government that was uh, picking on Alberta. So the feedback we got was that why should we be essentially subsidizing the rest of the country with uh, our you know inflated premiums and uh, not, we're putting a surplus into the into the pool of money that the rest of the country gets to benefit from. So that was the um, the sort of the impetus from the Fair Deal Panel Report. Uh, the Fair Deal Panel Report didn't uh, want to just recommend it just as a, for the sake of uh, strengthening our position in Alberta, but wanted a, a careful study done. So we, uh, the panel recommended to the government to engage in the study, which they did with the LifeWorks Report. But uh, that's why we're here. We want to hear your views on uh, should we, is this something you're interested in? And is this something you want to proceed with? Jim? Patrick, does that help? Uh, does that give you an answer or have you got something else you want to add? Well, I, I just believe that we live in the best province in Canada. Uh, Lethbridge has been uh, an incredible place to raise a family and to make money and to contribute to Canada as well as Alberta. So um, I'm always open to uh, suggestions of what would make life better for Albertans, but I, I just uh, I also have a problem with the actual numbers that, that we've come up with. Like it seems to me to be a real large uh, portion of the CPP that you, we were basing this on, and the, the math doesn't add up in my mind. And, and so, Patrick, it, you, what you're saying is you don't believe the numbers. And, and even if they're smaller, you're still reluctant to leave the CPP and join an APP. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it it just it just strikes me that that what the government concluded on the basis of Moyne's panel was let's go do the arithmetic, and the arithmetic showed that Albertan, Albertans, not Alberta or the government, but Albertans contributed over contributed sixty billion dollars over those fifty plus years, and do you think it's is it is it fair or right to have that kind of number out there? For, for debate or so Albertans truly understand? I think it's always good to discuss everything, uh, but I just want to make sure that the math is correct. And also, I've always, yeah. ever since I was a kid, I was under the understanding that if you're blessed to be in the most powerful province, that you would contribute to all of Canada because some provinces were struggling uh, uh, and we're 
I've always had a job. I've always been paid very well. Um, and I mm-hmm. always believe yeah. that uh, Canada should be joined together and be strengthened together as opposed to just what's best for me in my corner of Canada. Well, thank you, uh, Patrick. You, you made a good point. We're going to make note of it. And uh, Sarah, why don't we uh, go to another caller? You got it, Jim. The next uh, question comes actually in from Stephen, who's listening online. And uh, Stephen says, can you guarantee that the APP fund will not run out of funds? So perhaps I'll, uh, I'll go back to Moyen on that and then see if there's any other responses from the panel. You can never guarantee that any fund runs out of money, which is true of the CPP fund, by the way. So uh, anytime you have uh, active uh, fund managers, which is what the CPP is, it's a big hedge fund, um, you know, investing your money, there's always uh, the risk there. But the question is, what best practices would the government set up to ensure that the APP fund is set up and managed in a similar or better way than the CPP IB? So that's part of what we're trying to hear from you. If that is a concern that you have, uh, and it's a concern we've been hearing some in the other panel, uh, the other here um, town hall we had, that's the kind of thing that this uh, panel would recommend to the government, that if they set up a pension plan, they should set up uh, legislation to ensure that it's managed uh, in, an, uh, in a sound and prudent manner so that uh, there's always enough uh, money in the Alberta Pension Plan Fund that ensures that payouts can be made and the money can be continuously invested to generate reasonable returns to fund both the liabilities and keep taking on the premiums. Thank you. Thank you very much, Moyen. Keeping the conversation going, the next caller is Rita and Rita's listening on the phone tonight from Colehurst. Rita, please go ahead, your line is open. Yes, I'm just uh, also wondering about those people that have contributed in the past to the Canada Pension Plan and now perhaps are in an independent business and are not contributing. How will those funds be? um, I mean, will they get benefit from those funds that they've previously uh, contributed? Uh, Hi, Rita. It's Mary here. The monies that you put into the CPP at any point in your career follow you. And uh, so you would still be getting the benefit of those, whether you stopped contributing or went back to contribute. But those are your monies that you've put away. I hope that answers your question, Rita. And if, that, if that's the way it goes. That was sorry, I lost part of what you said. I said that would transfer over then to the Alberta Pension Plan if that's the way Alberta goes. Those money would Correct. follow then. Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I just want to make one comment too, and I agree with Patrick and what he was saying in Leftbridge here. Like, we have to not forget about being part of Canada. And I am very much in favor of that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Rita, thanks for that. I get you. I think that I'd say proudly after living in this province for the last 70 plus years, uh, minus two years that I was in Quebec, 
that that Alberta is is a major contributor to the country. Uh, you and I, all of us, pay income taxes. Our that business that you were talking about, it pays income taxes. I, I don't think anybody can accuse any Albertans of being slouches when it comes to making an honest contribution to the 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 dominion of Canada. And and I think the government felt, and Moyne was part of the panel that recommended it, that doing some number crunching to show this one program where Albertans have shown to be over contributors, once again underscores that, that massive, sometimes over contribution that Albertans make. And so while I too, I agree with you, I'm a Canadian. And back to your first question, I lived in Quebec for two years and I know that my pension account identifies those two years that I worked in Quebec and the, the, the small amount of money I was actually making contributes to part of my monthly pension check today. So that, that, that true up between the QPP and the CPP was done at the time that I retired, but those funds flowed from Quebec to the Canada pension plan, just as they would if it was uh, in the case of an Alberta pension plan. Back to you, Sarah. Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, moving along to the next caller. This is Scott from Medicine Hat. Scott, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, thank you guys for taking my call tonight. Um, I just want to say quickly before I ask my question that uh, it really doesn't matter how many actuary scientists or whatever um, tell us what we should get. We have no control over how much money, the 53%, 20%, whatever we get from CPP. We can say it all we want, but it doesn't matter. So considering the entire premise of an Alberta plan, pension plan is a complete fabrication of anything that would even resemble reality, what is the provincial government going to do should it somehow convince Albertans to pull out of the CPP and the inevitability of what we already know is going to happen, which is we won't get 53%. So what do we do? What do you tell Albertans when we walk away with as low as 10%, 12%, 15%, do we have some kind of a clause that Albertans get sucked into this and we don't get 53%? Can we undo this referendum that people are being lied to in order to vote on? Scott, are you saying that you would want to know the number before you vote? I think I think every Albertan wants to know the number before they vote. That's what three quarters of the phone calls have been about tonight. The fifty-three percent, like I, like Jim, I could tell my listen. I could tell my boss tomorrow that I'm worth a hundred thousand dollars. I know exactly how much money the company makes. I know how much money I make for him. What do you think he's going to say to me when I tell him I need a, 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 a double my salary? He's going to say, "Great, no." Is, is exactly what the people who control the CPP are going to say when we go at them and say we're going to we want 53%. What Alberta says we are entitled to is irrelevant. And if we don't have an actual number from the people who control the CPP of what we would get if we pull out, every sing, any any referendum is based on a lie. 
And I want to know if we have the referendum without knowing that number, is there a pullout clause for Albertans so, so that we can undo this? Because people are going to believe that we are going to get half of this money. And everyone here, including yourselves, knows there's no world, none, where Alberta gets half of the Canada pension plan. We're not, like, it's based on insanity. So, yes, I want to know what the actual number would be before I vote. Thanks so much, Scott. And in the interest Thanks. of making sure we hear from as many people as, as we can this evening, I want to give the panel an opportunity to respond so we can keep the conversation going. Thank you for that valuable feedback. Jim, would you like to reflect on Scott's comments? I, I, I think I'd put Scott down as a, he's a disbel- he doesn't believe that that is the right number. I, 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 get, I get that he thinks it's highly implausible. And what he does need is he needs to know what the number is before there's a vote. Thanks very much. The next um, question comes in from Sharon, and Sharon's listening online. I'll go ahead and read the question. Will there be consideration for surviving partner to receive their pension in the event of the death? Um, Perhaps I could start with Mary on that. Uh, yes, uh, thank you, Sharon. Um, last week when we had this conversation, I mentioned that I am a surviving partner and the amount I get from the CPP has been, it's been a blessing and, and very helpful. And uh, the Alberta Pension Plan would have to have the same benefits as the CPP that would be part of the legal requirement uh, of any new provincial pension. So it would mirror that. So thank you, Sharon, for your question. Thanks very much for that. The next uh, caller is Jerry from Lethbridge. Uh, Jerry's listening live on the phone. So Jerry, go ahead. Your line is open. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. The first thing that I want to mention is that This consultation process is a perfect example of direct democracy in action, where Albertans are being asked to provide their views and opinions on an issue that hasn't even been finally decided, which is why we're going through this, to get everybody's opinion. But I have three quick questions. Number one, will an Albertan receive less money under an Alberta pension plan than they presently receive under the Canada pension plan. Number two, what is the cost estimate for administrating an Alberta pension plan? Because we know, for example, that there's a Canada pension plan investment fund and the chief executive officer who lives in Montreal, by the way, and is a political appointment by the federal liberal government makes $375,000 a year plus benefits. That's uh, not too shabby. So what is the cost estimate for an Alberta pension plan? And the final thing is, even before this entire process has finished and the government has listened to Albertans and held a referendum, if it deems appropriate, and introduced a bill in the Alberta legislature which needs to be passed. There's a lot of fear-mongering coming out of 
Ottawa these days. And it's about money. And the Prime Minister even admits that in the statement he made last week where he talks about uncertain times and the cost of living. Oh gosh, I wonder who's responsible for that. So if a Quebec pension plan is good enough for Quebec and nobody in the federal liberal government in Ottawa is criticizing a Quebec pension plan and what Quebecers receive as a have-not province, why isn't an Alberta pension plan good enough for Albertans where the money stays at home where it belongs? Thanks very much, Jerry. I'll pass that over to the panel for their uh, response. Well, I will start, Jerry, with your first question, which will an Albertan receive less? And the answer to that is no. And uh, the report suggests Albertans might receive slightly more or the cost may be slightly uh, less, the premiums that have to be paid. In terms of cost estimate of administering a fund, Alberta already administers, as I said before, $100 billion of uh, uh, pension funds. There are administration costs. There might be a whole new management team set up. I suspect our costs would be a little bit less in Alberta than they are in other provinces uh, in terms of some of that overhead, but that would yet to be determined. Um, so I think those are really good observations. And the last is uh, in terms of the political issues, uh, I think those are best left to the politicians to argue about, uh, but your point is well taken. Thank you, Jerry. Moyne, do you want to talk to Jerry about the, the uh, CPP, Alberta Pension Plan, vis-a-vis -vis the Quebec Pension Plan? Anything you want to add there? Uh, nothing. I mean, uh, I echo, well, actually, I agree with what uh, the caller said. Uh, so uh, Quebec has managed to run its uh, pension plan, and um, there are other countries, smaller countries in the world that run their own pension plans. There are U.S. states that run their pension plans, so for their staff and for uh, the civil service in their various um, uh, jurisdictions. So I think uh, it is doable. Uh, you know, it's really, at the end of the day, a question of uh, political desire by Albertans uh, if they wish to go a separate way. Right. Thanks very much for that comment, uh, Moyen. I'm going to keep the conversation going with a comment that's come in from an online listener. This is from Mark, and Mark says, we need more exact information before a referendum can be called. Negotiate with the rest of Canada and then give us exact numbers before putting it to a vote. Thanks for that, Mark. Go ahead, Jim. Mark, uh, good point. You're looking for more information. Um, and as for the negotiation, it isn't a negotiation with the rest of Canada. Alberta has, uh, as spelled out in the legislation in 1966, has the authority to leave the Canada Pension Plan and establish their uh, an Alberta Pension Plan. It was spelled out in the legislation 57 years ago. All the premiers agreed to that and wanted that in there so that if they ever chose to leave, they could leave as if they had established their own pension plan in 1966. So 
So your so earlier callers, uh, I think Sharon and Scott, uh, talked about about getting our, whatever the number is. There will be a negotiation, and as Moyne has said, it may end up in the courts. But the fact is that Alberta is entitled to a sum of money of that estimated $600 billion fund that come 2027 is when they did the calculation. And we're entitled to that, to a, a share, a portion, to be determined. Uh, and what you and perhaps others were saying, I know, uh, I know uh, uh, Scott felt that way, that you absolutely had to have a number before we went to the vote. And we understand that. We've got that written down loud and clear. Thanks very much, Jim. The next caller is Patrick, and Patrick is listening on the phone tonight from Cochrane. Patrick, go ahead. Your line is now open. My name's Patrick, um, and I'm wondering. Oh, oh, hello. My name's Patrick, and I'm wondering uh, what is a pension plan, and um, how would that affect Canada or Alberta leaving Canada? Mary, that sounds like a young caller. Why don't you take a stab at it? And I'm wondering, let me back you up. They add on. Thank you, Patrick. And um, great question. What is a pension plan? And you're very wise to be thinking about this as a young person because the earlier you contribute to a pension plan or into a, a savings plan for yourself, you get the time value of compound interest and the earlier you can start, the bigger amount you'll have when you get to retirement and you want to stop working or you have to stop working. So that is what a uh, pension plan is. Um, Moyen, did you want to take the next part? I, I think you were saying, how would this affect Alberta leaving Canada? But this isn't about Alberta leaving Canada. This is simply about taking our share of an existing pension plan um, and rehoming it uh, to be entirely owned by Albertans. So it's not about leaving Canada. Moyen, did you want to comment on that though? Uh, yeah, no, it's not It's not about leaving Canada. It's, uh, it, it was uh, put to us by the people who uh, gave us feedback in the Fair Deal panel that this was a way of strengthening uh, our position in Confederation that if we brought our share of the CPPIB or the CPP fund back to Alberta and administered it locally, that would be a better way of strengthening our position within, confeder within Confederation. And that was the mandate of the Fair Deal Panel. So this is not meant to be some backdoor to independence. I think Patrick, Thank you what, very what, much. The government is, what the government is trying to do is say, look, Albertans, this is a fund that this is a savings account, as Mary said, and it's a long-term savings account. Albertans have have over-contributed to that savings account that for all Canadians, and we've identified how much is Albertans' share. And uh, what the government is asking us to do is ask Albertans, do you think it's time for us to go and get our fair share and establish our own Alberta long-term savings plan? that I'm sure uh, your parents are, might be helping you put a few dollars aside every week or every month so that you've got a few extra dollars to go off to university or college when you're finished school. 
Thanks very much for that conversation there. I'm going to keep things moving along. The next caller is Eleanor. Um, Eleanor's listening on the phone tonight from Canmore. Eleanor, go ahead. Your line's open. Hi, thank you for taking my call and thank you to the panelists for taking on the conversation on such a somewhat difficult topic. Um, most of my questions, well, my main question had been answered and that was really about will you lose access to what you've already contributed to the Canadian Pension Plan? Uh, but I think I echo uh, other callers in saying there's so much unknown in this conversation that before I would be comfortable making any decision uh, would need to know what the actual numbers are and also what it looks like for uh, the pension in the long term uh, and see those actual not numbers uh, not uh, based on estimated calculations in the reports. So thank you for tonight and the conversation. Mary here, if I could make a comment, the report, which is really worth having a good read of, the basis for all the numbers comes from either Statistics Canada, the Canada Pension Plan Chief Actuary, or the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. So the actuaries are using real numbers to come up with their numbers. At this point, these are that we have, um, but if you keep Looking at that albertapensionplan.ca, we're going to try to keep answering uh, your questions. But at this point, I think these are the best known numbers that we we can work with. Thank you. That, that's 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 simply add to Mary that the the government and we actually have encouraged others who've got these numbers and have done the analysis, give us your number. If, if you don't like this number, whether it's the federal government or whether it's the CPP investment board itself, tell us what Albertans number would be given that Alberta has the authority to exit the plan with its share of the, of the CPP uh, coming to an APP. So we, we would encourage others if, to come up with scientific numbers as, as soundly prepared as the Morneau Chappelle report has been prepared, a company out of Toronto that's prepared this analysis. Thanks very much for that, Jim. Keeping the conversation going, um, the next question comes from Vinday, who's listening in Calgary this evening. Um, it I think I have your line now open, Vinday, please go ahead. Hi there. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for uh, this call. So I have two questions. Uh, one question is, uh, like, given the current market scenario of how it is, and if we go ahead with Alberta pension plan, what happens in the downturn when the when there's a downturn in the market and with all this money, and if something happens to it? So, what do what happens to the pension? That's one thing. And second thing is just uh, an an idea I just thought to share. Sorry if it is not the uh, it is not the right podium or the right person. Um, is supposing uh, we had like say 100% of the Alberta pension plan, right? And if we uh, we keep a 10% cap, which 
if there if we are agreeing to the federal policies we can release that 10% otherwise the 100% is ours i don't know it's just a thought which i had i thought i should share it on the group so but yeah that's about it thank you Mary, you want to take a stab at that? Cindy, thank you for your comments. And uh, market uh, scenarios, market turndowns are scary as they happen. And um, they do affect uh, investment portfolios, including the CPP Investment Board. And we've seen since the beginning of stock markets that, that those uh, downturns happen. There are rallies. Um, but it is certainly something that an investment manager would have to consider. Not all the money would be in public stock markets. They invest in real estate and buildings. Uh, they invest around the world in order to try to manage that market risk. So it is definitely something that would have to be managed as part of this uh, portfolio. I hope that answers your question, Vinday. And I just take the, the carrot approach. I'm not exactly sure. Is Vinday still on the line? I am. Vinday? When, yes, when you talk I am. About a carrot, yeah. uh, what, 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 when you talked about a carrot, what were you thinking of when you said? So, like, uh, there are certain policies, I guess, which uh, the our Alberta government doesn't agree with the federal government, right? So, at that point of time, that money, mm. that certain percentage of money, isn't released back to the to the federal kitty. It remains with the Alberta government. But in case if we have agreeable policies which Albertans agree with the federal government, then we can release them. Is yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question. That, Vinde, I would say this: that what what the CPP Investment Board has is in its in its legislation, it has a a set of uh, it's a ring fence to protect it from the sort of political intrusion. So somebody says you don't want the politicians to get their sticky fingers on those savings, uh, that savings account that. Uh, that uh, our young caller asked about a, a few minutes ago. So it's to put to put uh, investments to achieve the highest possible returns. Where there will be no transfer from the Alberta Pension Plan, sort of as a carrot or a payback to the CPP, except when somebody leaves Alberta and moves to Ontario to retire, then that person's uh, Alberta assets would move to help pay for his pension or her pension when she moves to uh, uh, to, to to Ontario. But the the only other comment I would make is that one of the things that's been suggested is that the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board could be asked, at least at the outset, to manage these investment funds in a Canada account and an Alberta account, but it would keep, uh, it would, those funds would stay for a time and be responsibly invested. Nobody has questioned or disputed the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board uh, um, performance and uh, it could well be that if they agreed to it, 
that Alberta's assets could stay there for a period of time after the uh, APP was established. Thanks very much, Jim. Uh, the next comment and question come in from Ron. Ron was listening online tonight and says, would our expenses to manage the plan be significantly lower because we have such a small number of participants compared to the overall CPP plan? Thanks for that question, Ron. I'll ask Mary to go ahead. Hi, Ron. I'm not sure if the expenses would be lower. There's a certain cost to just setting up a portfolio management and then managing uh, funds. So I'm not sure if that would be correct or not. Jim, what are your thinking on that? It, 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 it would only be, and one may have a comment here too, but it would be a percentage of the actual assets in the Alberta Pension Plan. The, the, one of the measurements of performance is the lowest possible cost of percentage of let's say a, a, a three hundred billion or a two hundred billion dollar fund, you to for them to get anywhere close to one percent of the fund as their annual cost would be would be put them way 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 out of bounds. That in fact some of the best managers, Mary, you could comment comment on this would be sort of down in the half of one percent uh, cost of managing funds. Exactly. That is correct. And uh, if you look at all sorts of funds, whether they're even not for profit, like community foundations, that is what they they aim for is a very low cost administrative cost. And that would definitely have to be the uh, mandate in Alberta as well. Thank you for that, Mary. And Ron, I would add that they're, they're already uh, administering, Ron, they're already administering pensions to public servants, to firemen, to policemen, to local authorities and universities and colleges. So there's there's already a built-in administration system in the province who are administering pensions and benefits today. Thanks very much for that, Jim. Uh, moving on to the next caller, this is Marilyn, and Marilyn's listening on the phone tonight from Lethbridge. Marilyn, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi there, how are you this evening? Good, Marilyn, thanks for calling. All right, so just a couple of uh, quick questions here. Um, when you have the CPP, you also receive your old age security with it. So what becomes of that? Is the Alberta pension going to be able to continue with the um, old age security add-on or? Potentially or potentially you might receive two checks, but you would not lose the old age security. As, as I understand it, Mary, the old age security program is a federal uh, benefit program that is administered side by side the CPP, but it is a separate and a separately funded program not funded by a CPP or by, by an Alberta pension plan. So in, as, as we understand it, Marilyn, the old age security program would not change if there was an Alberta pension plan. 
Thanks for that, Jim. And thanks very much for the dialogue, Marilyn. Moving on to the very next caller. This is Tarek, and Tarek is listening tonight from Calgary. Tarek, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi there. Uh, I'd like to start with a uh, personal opinion. Um, Alberta reaps the benefits of of bringing in young people from all across Canada. Um, I, I always find it a little surprising when we hear Albertans this, Albertans that. We're still Canadians at the end of the day. I, I disagree with the premise of prioritizing the the money coming in from Alberta when it has so much to do from pulling on resources from other parts of Canada. I don't think it does too much to breed unity, and I think it really just stokes division. Um, what I, My main question to, do, to deal with this is I've been hearing a lot about the Quebec model, and um, when Quebec decided not to join CPP, Quebec's population now is much older than when they decided not to join CPP. And as such, I've heard that they have to pay a lot more into it. Um, I'm not sure I've heard much about what might happen if Alberta's population doesn't stay quite as young as it is now. And I just want to know if that has been taken into account with this, with any of the planning of this, because otherwise I think it might seem kind of short-sighted. Thank you. Moin, do you want to talk a little bit sure. about the first part of Tarek's question? Well, so the Quebec um, plan is a bit different in that it also prioritizes investments in, in Quebec. Um, so that may have, you know, dragged down uh, some of the returns that the QPP has been getting. Uh, if you force an investment plan to um, go into certain locations and certain projects, you're going to... Uh, uh, not necessarily get the best return, and so that's one of the things that uh, the panel, is, you know, based on your question, would recommend. Uh, depending on all the feedback we get to the government, that any Alberta pension plan set up should not uh, be mandated to invest here or there, but rather go and seek the best rate of return for Albertans, regardless of where that uh, rate of return is located. And um, the the LifeWorks actually report does uh, have some of that uh, uh, projections in there about what what would happen if uh, our demographics shift. I'll say two things: the demographic shifts don't uh, take place overnight. So, in terms of the initial uh, impact of uh, if we did exit, uh, it would not it would not be uh, much because we would have the amount of money that uh, is owed to us by the formula in the CPP Act. And then that would allow us to either get, pay out higher benefits or charge lower premiums or a combination uh, of, of thereof. In, in the long run, if uh, our demographics start looking like Quebec's demographics, I'll note that the contribution that Quebec pays is about 1% higher uh, than what the rest of Canada pays. It's about 9.5% or 9.9% versus 10.9% in Quebec. And that's with uh, you know 50 or 60 years of cumulative uh, slowdown in growth and uh, changing demographics. So uh, I'm optimistic that Alberta is uh, going to keep that rate of growth, both in terms of demographics and in terms of the economic performance. And the key is avoiding uh, any mandate that Alberta would invest only in Alberta or a certain amount in Alberta. Rather, go seek the best returns everywhere in the world. Thank you. Thanks very much, Moyen. Uh, moving on to the next question. This is submitted from Pat, who's listening online. And Pat says, 
what would happen to a person who worked and contributed all their life to CPP in Alberta, but retired in New Brunswick? So Jim, do you want to start on that one? And then we can go ahead with others if needed. You know, uh, Moin or Mary, I think uh, tried to answer this a little earlier and they can answer it better than I can. So I'm going to pass it to the other, to one of those two. Mary? You're on mute. Mary's having trouble, uh, trouble unmuting. Thank oh, you. Okay. After all this time with COVID, you think I'd, we'd be better with the unmute button, but I don't seem to be able to quite find it quickly like you did, Jim. Um, with the portability, I believe is the question that you're asking uh, about the funds. Currently, there is portability. If you work in Alberta, retire in Alberta, uh, you would uh, have match of your funds still originally from the CPP Investment Board that would form part of this new Alberta pension fund. But portability would have to be negotiated. And again, we're looking at getting questions on how that might happen onto that albertapensionplan.ca uh, area. Moyen, do you have a thought on that? No, that's correct. If somebody's working all their life in Alberta and they move to another province, um, you know, the Alberta government, uh, if if it moved ahead with a separate pension plan, would negotiate portability agreements with the CPP, if it's the CPP or the QPP, just as there are portability agreements uh, between the CPP and the QPP currently. And um, that happens even with uh, public sector pensions and other things like that. So. These agreements are easy to uh, set up and administer, uh, so I don't think that would be a concern. Partly because, Pat, there, there are as many people who leave the province there. In fact, Alberta has been a, a, a net recipient Thanks, Jim. Sounds like you've got just a bit of a hiccup with your audio there. In fact, in so, the last few months, more people who are older have moved in. Thanks, Jim. Sounds like we were just having a bit of an issue with your audio there. I know that you have some important uh, comments to share. However, in the interest of time, with so few minutes left to go, I want to keep the conversation moving along. Okay, our next caller is Robert, who's listening live in Medicine Hat. Robert's on the phone with us this evening. Um, Robert, we've lost your connection. I'm going to go ahead and read Robert's question, okay? It says, what's the predicted number per month, and what will they receive for an average single Albertan? Thanks for that input, and sorry that we've lost Robert in this time. But, Jim, are you there, and you want to go ahead? I think we still have a technical issue with Jim Moyen. Do you have a, an update you would like to provide to Robert from Medicine Hat, who was curious about the predicted number per month, and what will they receive for an average single Albertan? Um, I'm assuming by number he means what is the benefit that will be paid out. If that's the case, it should be no less than what the CPP currently pays. So if uh, Alberta uh, goes its separate way by legislation, we're supposed to provide an Alberta pension plan would have to provide the same benefits that the CPP provides. So that would be the floor. 
uh, in terms of what you so you would get whatever you were you would receive currently under a CPP. And then um, the question, the bigger question is if our premiums can fall. Uh, so from the those who are paying in, the question would become: Are we going to pay in less to get the same benefits, or are we going to pay the same and maybe get higher benefits? That's the uh, sort of the question that the government will have to make, um, perhaps based on some of the feedback that we get from you that we would put in our recommendation. So Thanks very much. The maximum amount, the maximum amount today is about thirteen hundred dollars, um, and and the average CPP pension paid today is about seven hundred and fifty dollars across the country. So uh, Albertans are up in the in, above that amount. But as Moyne said, that number would not fall. It cannot fall. The law of the land says that it must be the same as or better. And that's one of the questions the government is asking, that if there was a large amount of money that came in as assets to the Alberta Pension Plan, would you want higher benefits? Would you want lower contribution rates or a combination of both? And again, the number matters because it will determine how much of uh, extra benefits or lower contribution rates the Alberta Pension Plan could afford. Thanks very much, Jim. It's coming through loud and clear now. I'm going to keep the conversation going to our next live listener, and this is Diana in Airdrie. Diana, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Diana, if you're there, perhaps you might need to unmute because we're not hearing your line, but your line is now open. Please try again. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Um, so you've talked about Alberta we got you now. a huge fund, um, but it seems as though AIMCO, which, is, which manages the provincial pensions, um, has averaged about 7.2% return, um, whereas the CPP is about 10%. And at one point in 2021, they were at 1.7%. So who's going to manage this fund? And is it going to be someone other than AIMCO? Because to date, they haven't done particularly well. Uh, Diana, it's Jim. It's, it's Jim. Oh, Mary, why don't you take that? Well, I was going to just say that uh, there, there is the possibility that this fund would continue to be managed by the CPP Investment Board uh, or a new entity would be created. Um, I can't speak to AIMCO's results uh, and, and what has happened to them, but certainly the portfolio manager has to have a good risk program and diversity program in order to manage and have the best returns. But Diana, we, we note the concern that uh, of the, the comparison. I, that's that's not for us to opine upon, other than to say that one of the op, one of the options, as Mary said, is for the CPPIB to continue to manage these funds at least in the transition period until we're confident that we have an organization that will be able to manage and, and perform as well, hopefully even better than the CPP Investment Board. Thanks very much for that. The next um, caller is Paul, and Paul's listening tonight in Lethbridge. Paul, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Good evening, everybody. Um, my uh, one of my questions is is that in the very start of the 
the conversation, the calculations, there was something about, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, compounded interest of what we've put into the fund. How can there be compounded interest if the money's already been spent on on CPP? I don't understand that part. And number two is the question, the questions in in the surveys and stuff. They seem skewed towards what you want to find is that this is a good thing um, because I couldn't answer the second question tonight honestly because there wasn't a thing about I need more information before I could see what I want in a Alberta pension. Paul, can I take the, the first part of Paul's question? Paul, if, if you look at the report, you'll see line by line the amount of money that Albertans not just not the Alberta government, but you as a worker and your employer as a work, as an employer has put in. For instance, in 2016, the, the, there was eight billion dollars worth of contributions by Albertans, and the amount that was actually paid out in benefits and to pensioners and others was a little less than five billion dollars. So that three billion dollars of over contribution, that, that's what gets multiplied with compound interest. Because there is more money left in the, the savings account at the end of the year than there was at the start of the year. And that's how the that's why how Morneau Chappelle came up with a number of 334 billion is because of the over contributions plus the compound interest on that accumulated net positive. Thanks very much, Jim, and thanks for that uh, that comment there. The next listener is from um, Stephen, and Stephen's listening tonight in Lethbridge. Stephen, please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, tonight. I, uh, I I want to start off by saying I'm loving the idea. I think it's brilliant. Um, it falls right in line with my line of work, and I, I think this is great. Um, some people have already touched on what I wanted to say, but I wanted to, the report didn't speak specifically to how this will attract um, and retain population in Alberta that we need to build and diversify the industry. Um, I wanted to get the panel's opinion on that, how we can implement this to make sure that we get more people and the right people in Alberta. And then the other thing was, um, I wanted to know if there's been any discussions as to a minimum mix of investments we would keep in Alberta so that we can use it to invest in Alberta industries and diversify. Um, but at the same time, obviously you want to keep it it's diversified enough that you can reach out to out of the province and international markets. So I, I didn't know if we'd touched on that entirely yet. We haven't touched on it so much, but other than to say any plan would have to be have have lots of diversity in terms of its investment around the world and different asset classes like real estate and and uh, shares and uh, as it currently is being managed by the CPP investment board. Stephen, can I ask you, it sounds like you're in the business today. How, how would you see an, an Alberta managed pension plan asset base 
how would you see it? How would you want to see it managed? Well, I, I would expect to see some sort of independent panel that is government free, free from government influence that could say, these are the proper investments. Mm -hmm. These are where we'd like to see our mix going. These are where the new trends are. Um, I, I mean, even on the standard pours index, most investors are getting 10 to 11% without even trying. So, I mean, the market returns have been there for decades. I think the CPP is poorly managed. Um, the Quebec pension plan is abysmal, if you ask me, but um, there, there's so much more room. I think it just, I, I'm always leery of governments managing investment funds. I don't like government bloat and bureaucrats making decisions. Um, I would like to see a private equity firm have some involvement in this, or at least be consulted on it with an independent panel regardless of which government political group is running the Alberta panel that that's safeguards and checks should be in place for all of that. But, um, you know, it, it needs to be someone that has the perspective to get outside of Canada and look at world markets, in my opinion, to see where the best investments are. So is it fair to, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you're, but it sounds like you want it a independent B, you want it to be fully accountable and transparent and that they've got to think not just in our backyard, but across the country, across the continent and think globally to get those best possible investment returns and that politicians would not underscore not be part of that decision making. Is that a fair summary? Correct. I mean, politicians can be good at many things, but investments are not one of them it should be an advisory panel of some sort. I, I, I am very interested in making sure that we keep some sort of goal of keeping Alberta funds in Alberta. It was mentioned at the outset that there would be employment opportunities and jobs produced in Alberta because of this. So, I, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't be investing in ourselves either. We can do that by taking out of mm -hmm. the CPP and putting back into an APP, which is just common sense. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your comments. Thanks very much for that. The next question comes in from a listener online. This is from Brad. And Brad says, the current CPP benefits are a joke. Would keeping the premiums the same and increasing the benefits be a consideration? So, Jim, I'll let you start on that one. Please go ahead. Well, I think that Brad would be an advocate for keeping premiums the same and possibly seeing increase in benefits. There's a song in my youth saying, I never promised you a rose garden, Brad, but, uh, but the CPP never promised you the whole rose garden, just part of it. And today at a, at a maximum of $1,300 per month, for, for some, that's a very, very important check that comes to them every month. Uh, but that's what the government has put out, is that if there is a, uh, enough uh, that comes to Alberta in the negotiations, uh, the Morneau Chappelle report says it's over $330 billion, that will determine how much benefits could possibly go up and how, mu how much contributions could possibly drop or a combination of both. But for a number of callers tonight, clearer matters. And before they go to a vote, they want to know what that number is. 
but clearly the government has said, suggested that benefits could go up and contributions could go down. Thanks very much, Jim. Um, moving along to our next, very next question. This is submitted, um, sorry, this is a live question from Ron. Ron's li listening live tonight from Lethbridge. Ron, go ahead, your line is now open. Thank you. Um, my concern is I'm very disillusioned with our uh, federal government and the way they manage our resources. Um, it has been an absolute joke um, as far as where we've gone over the last seven years and the cost of the average person's cost in, in, in living in our various cities. Um, the, uh, how do I say this in a, ni a nice way? Um, <laughs> well, you're laughing, but it's, it's Tell it like fact. it is. Tell it like it is, I, Ron. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a senior person, okay? I have worked over 55 years, and I'm retired now due to an accident. But um, what I paid in my Canada pension uh, plan uh, deductions, as well as the 85 employees that I had, I paid into that. I look at the investment of that amount of money at what we're talking about this 10 percent number which is very real in today's world what that would have been given me per month as opposed to what i receive now and it's very very frustrating i attended a conference as a um, chosen individual in high school and it was a one prairie uh, province so we're talking about the abuse that we've been getting with federal federal government 55 years ago it hasn't changed. And I'm looking ahead that I have higher faith in our provincial election, uh, our, our provincial officials than I do with the ones that are in Ottawa because we have no say, nothing happens. We get promised and it doesn't happen. And it's happened for years and years and multiples of, of elections. So that's the part that gets me a little bit upset. And I'd like to see our money through the pension plan, as well as any other investment plan, being managed and, and dealt with by our local um, elected officials. I, I see, as, he, as the previous caller said about investing back in Alberta, we need a, a $100 million bridge in Lethbridge. There's an investment. It'll get a, a, a guaranteed rate of return. It's solid, it's fixed. I mean, that is a good investment from my perspective. And this is the kind of thing that we need to use to stimulate the economy. The reduction in premiums for the employee as well as the employer is going to stimulate business in, in our province. And that's what we need. So many people have been leaving uh, uh, that because it's difficult. Look at the oil industry. I mean, it just decimated it. So these are the kind of things that made us a have province. I, I'm sure without the transfer payments that have been going for the past 50 or 60 years to Ottawa, the rest of the country would have a heck of a problem having to survive with their social programs. These are all things that worry me. Uh, I don't want any way that, that the federal government can manage that fund. It will disappear. We had a thousand tons of gold in reserve in the treasury. There's none now. It's gone. It was made into coins and sold around the world. Where's the accounting for it? Where did the money go? Nobody knows. 
these are things that really, really bother me. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so well, interested in this in this being a, a conversation that that will bring us forward in our current situation. Ron, thanks really. Thanks for your comments tonight. Uh, you, you expressed a view that we've heard from a, a few people, but you've expressed it very well. So thank you very much. Thanks for that, Jim. Uh, going ahead to another live listener. This is Wade. Wade's listening tonight live from Tabor. Wade, go ahead. Your line's open. Yeah, I uh, thank you for taking my call and for the comments. And Earlier, there was expression that somehow we would not be supporting Canada if we somehow did our own pension plan. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but equalization payments are the process in which we support Canada. As a Penguin, I'm recently retired and I paid my CPP contributions with the expectation that those contributions and the investments would come back to me. And I just feel like somehow we've we've associated the CPP, you know, with our contribution to Canada, which I think is is not a valid point. And I agree with the other caller that if we can stimulate the economy, people, uh, costs are going up, retirees, you know, fixed income, if we can help them in any way we can. It's it's really the, the individual who contributed as well as the employer. Anyways, those are some of my comments. But correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't equalization payments the way we support the, the provinces, other provinces in Canada? Um, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. That's uh, what equalization was set up for. I mean, we, you know, the, the province of Alberta contributes to confederation in many other ways. The fact that our taxes, we contribute uh, disproportionately more in terms of income taxes paid, and then federal government gets to use those uh, taxes to uh, spend wherever they wish. And uh, so that's first in terms of the federal government. And then secondly, yes, the equalization program is uh, one that um, was set up to take from the sort of have provinces and redistribute to the have not provinces. And that was something that the Fair Deal panel addressed and the previous premier uh, tried to um, implement with the referendum, the referendum that he held. But uh, we haven't seen any results in that yet. But equalization is indeed what was set up for uh, redistributing the, the wealth across the country. And, and Moin, just to talk, to, to add to that, you know, there's no shortage of ways that Albertans, not just the, not the Alberta government, but Albertans contribute to the coffers of Ottawa, therefore to the rest of Canada, whether it's in agriculture, where Wade's from, Tabor country is, is, is fabulous farming country. And those farmers and the suppliers and those in the industry there pay taxes. The same with oil and gas and wind farms and solar farms and those in the forestry business and those who run consumer shops so people walk in and buy groceries or buy stuff every day. You know, we are fortunate to have profitable businesses in this in this province and we are not generous. We are good Canadians and we comply with the law and we pay taxes. So that's not going to change. And having the government do 
some arithmetic to show that this one program, this Canada Pension Plan program, has uh, has shown there to be some over contributions by Albertans, not by the government, but by Albertans, is is uh, is is not an unfair uh, bit of accounting to do. So that Albertans realize that they are major contributors to the rest of the country. Thanks again, Jim. This is going to be the uh, final question for this evening, and I will go ahead and read it. This is from Narwa, listening from Lethbridge. Um, I will go ahead and read. Will the APP be more beneficial than the CPP? So perhaps I'll start with you, Jim, and if the other members of the panel have more to share on that, um, that would be a great opportunity. Go ahead. I'd, well, I'd certainly welcome the others to join me, but I, Narwa, I, I, I would, would benefit to hear your comment. Do you think it would would uh, benefit uh, Canada or if it benefit Alberta? And frankly, I, 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 I find it an intriguing opportunity that a sum of money, a 100, be it 150 or be it $300 billion, that whatever the number that comes back to create an Alberta pension plan, if Albertans choose to make it happen, that, that infusion into the investment sector in Alberta, the financial sector, and all the opportunities, and, as Ron identified and Brad identified, that could, could have a ripple effect across the province. Uh, if Albertans agreed to it, I think it would be something that would serve us well as long as we, as long as the government put it together with many of the conditions and concerns that you've raised here tonight, that those are addressed and kept in mind. Mary and Moyne? I, I think well said, Jim. Thank you. You gathered my thoughts there. I agree. Anything? Okay. All right, Sarah. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I'd like to actually offer the opportunity to you to oh. share some closing remarks and thank the panel for their participation this evening. So, Jim, please go ahead. Well, th thank, thank you, sir, and thank you for moderating so well tonight. First of all, to all of you who joined in on the on the call, thank you for uh, for your comments, your questions. We, I'm afraid, we probably answered more questions than we heard comments tonight, and we'll try to fix that so we can hear more of your ideas. But it's up to you to help us write our report, and you've been helpful tonight. Thank you to Moyne and Mary for your insight and and careful responses uh, tonight. This is the second time we've ever done this, so we're we're still a little rusty, I'll admit. We have five more, three more town hall meetings after night that will take place in November. They'll be on our website, and then we'll be having a series of of person face to face meetings. In December, our first round will be in December, likely in Edmonton and Calgary, possibly outside of those two centers, so that people can talk with us face to face and talk with one another face to face. And you'll see more about those details coming uh, coming along. But the purpose of these first uh, first five meetings is really to help all of us to rinse and soak in the idea and the issues around an Alberta pension plan. You've been helpful tonight. Please, uh, please keep an eye on the uh, albertapensionplan.ca website, where we'll do a better job of putting up Q&A questions and answers to many of the questions or comments that you made tonight, so that there's just that much more information that we all have to be able to consider 
before we make this important decision. But again, thank you to all of us and all of you at, uh, at headquarters who've helped us uh, to navigate tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from Albertans again when we meet again in, in, in November. Back to you, Sarah. Thank you very much. And for those of you, you've been listening to this telephone town hall with the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel, including panel chair Jim Dinning and panel members Mary Ritchie and Moyen Yaha. For more information of both those panel members, including their biographies, you can visit albertapensionplan.ca. For information, including answers to your questions, how to register for a future town hall, or to have your say and complete the survey, once again, I encourage you to visit albertapensionplan.ca. We will be back again on Thursday, November 9th at 6.30 p.m., and you can continue the conversation by joining us for that telephone town hall. Again, on behalf of the Alberta Pension Plan Public Engagement Panel, thank you for your participation, and good night.